In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you. No scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. Welcome to TA in the Trenches. Today's guest is Ryan Corbett. He is the recently promoted EVP of TA for Scion Health. Ryan comes to us with over 18 years of experience in, in healthcare recruitment. He has spent the last 12 and a half years at Kindred Hospitals. And previous to that, he spent almost five years at UPMC, where he and I uh, had the opportunity to work in the trenches together. I know Ryan is a leader from the front, a relationship builder, and a gritty recruiter. He's also a native Pittsburgher, and so we share that in common. Welcome to the show, Ryan. How are you doing today? Good, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm uh, super excited to sit down here today and, and learn more about the innovation that uh, you know you and your teams have been unlocking at Skyon, and and really what it takes to go from recruiter uh, to when you know and, and really when I knew you, recruiter manager to EVP, uh, and, and really um, you know I think want to dig in today and, and learn more about you know kind of how you all are uh, you know unlocking and and uh, you know kind of getting focused in on uh, you know, hiring and, and, and uh, what is amounting to be a very difficult healthcare market. So welcome to the trenches. First, I guess, and foremost, uh, congrats on the promotion, man. That's, uh, that's exciting to hear. So uh, yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, first let's get started. Tell me a little bit about the team uh, you know, at Skyon, uh, you know, Kindred. Uh, I'm not as familiar with uh, kind of the new, uh, you know, the new brand. Um, just kind of talk a little bit about the business first, and then I'd love to get to know your TA team a little bit better. Um, you know, kind of who's on the team, how big the team is, and kind of what kind of requisitions uh, are you carrying? Yeah, so um, it's a very interesting organization that we've become here at Scion Health. Um, you know, this is a collaboration with um, our acquisition from LifePoint. So LifePoint, pretty large rural hospital organization, about 96, 97 hospitals. They came in and, and actually purchased us in an acquisition. Um, and then we actually split organizations. So we took about 20 of their hospitals under, under the Scion Health um, umbrella. And then they took our rehab and inpatient rehab under the LifePoint Health. So we've created two separate companies um, out of this. So right now we are, we are sitting somewhere around 96 hospitals. We have a recent acquisition coming in also that was announced a few weeks ago uh, with Cornerstone, uh, which is another um, acute care specialty hospital uh, based out of Texas. So all said and done here on 1-1, we'll have around 96 hospitals. Wow. Now, is, is that all over the U.S.? All over the U.S. Um, we pretty much cover I think 40, 46 states when, hmm. when it comes down to it. Um, so our footprint is pretty large, um, both in rural areas, urban areas, markets, things of that nature. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a, it's fantastic to get back to a growth mode, uh, which is where we currently sit now. Yeah. So, you know, you're asking about the team, 
you know, the, the specialty hospital team, we sit somewhere around 35 folks that are gonna be sitting in that team, three folks in our support center corporate function. Um, on the 20 hospitals that we brought on, we're actually building a brand new team. So mm. that will actually have about, about 15 folks when it's all said and done uh, within the next couple of months. And then this cornerstone acquisition will have about uh, five or six folks that are coming in. So as you can see, almost, almost 60 people will be part of the talent acquisition organization. Wow. Uh, when it comes to one one, what are you uh, anticipating? You know, kind of rec load. You know, uh, perspective week over week. What do you What are you thinking you're going to need to handle? We're probably going to fill roughly about ten thousand, eleven thousand positions um, per year. We'll probably sit somewhere in the four to five thousand range um, when it's all said and done every day, um, which is you know just a just a, a lot of roles trying to fill um, across the country, and it's you know. It's really, you know, it's a headwind we understand. Um, you know, been in this a long time. We've seen the ebb and flow of healthcare recruiting for a very long time. The interesting part is we just, we don't know when the, when the other side's gonna flip here. Um, yeah. So we're trying to do as much as we possibly can to be as successful as we possibly can. Nurses, I'm assuming, um, you know, what are some of the other hard to fill roles that, that uh, you all are wrestling with? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, every, it's everything basically on the clinical side. Yeah. Uh, nurses, respiratory therapists, um, LPNs. I think CNAs now are going to become probably one of the most difficult roles that you could possibly find. You know, the CNA role has changed so significantly over, over the past five to 10 years. We're not really comparing and competing with other healthcare organizations. We're competing with organizations um, you know, like Costco and things mm -hmm. like that, where the opportunity to take on a role um, with an organization um, and do something different outside of that comparatively to what we are. Um, it, it's just a, it's a dynamic shift uh, on how we look at that position. So uh, trying to ensure what we're doing with those two, we're not just focusing on that. I think the, the therapist side, um, you know, is going to be, is going to be key for us too. Uh, the respiratory therapists, um, you know, that's what we do. That's our bread and butter. You know, our patients who come to our hospitals are very, very sick. Uh, very acutely sick and respiratory issues are a part of that mm -hmm. and they're a huge part of our organization so while the the coverage usually hits that rn side it really does it really does include most clinical roles yeah nice so i i'm assuming you know the last uh, few months have been um you know all about integration and kind of pulling you know this team together i'm, I'm curious to kind of dig in uh, operationally a little bit so as uh, as you've been kind of focused in on you know while you're integrating still meeting uh, demand right um, you know what are some of the things over the last 12 months that uh, um, from an initiatives perspective you all have been pushing whether tech process or, or other yeah I think it hits all three um, we like to call it uh, changing changing the tires on a car while it's driving right now yeah it's sort of what we're looking at um, so I'll hit everyone. One of those things that you said, I, th I think innovation from a tech perspective has been pretty key for us. I think number one, you know, first and foremost is getting us all on the same platforms. You know, that is so key for us to be successful, um, specifically on, you know, our hub and spoke, you know, approach here with our ATS, Taleo, and everything that sort of works with it within that framework. Mm -hmm. Everything that we have from a marketing standpoint and tech standpoint builds through that. So we've, we're, we're really trying to work hard to get everyone on that same page so that mm -hmm. we can really utilize our scale and really maximize what we're doing out there uh, in, in the marketplace to ensure we're- So you're a Taleo things. shop uh, from an ATS perspective. Do you have, yeah. like, what's your uh, HRMS system and do you have a CRM kind of in play there? Um, SAP, um, we, we've actually been using a modified Salesforce for our CRM. Mm 
mm-hmm. uh, which has actually been awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, Matt. I, I, miss, I, I miss Oracle. I miss PeopleSoft. <laughs> Do you? PeopleSoft yeah. was, I mean, it's funny how, you know, and I think everyone can understand this, right? Apparently nobody likes their ATS. Yeah. Right? Right. No, you ask or, anyone. Or CRM, man. Or, or CRM, CRM, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because I love, I love PeopleSoft. I miss it. The integration. Yeah. That PeopleSoft had with the ATS yeah. into the HRIS was so seamless. Yeah, people look at me crazy. Some you know sometimes we who have PeopleSoft right now. Like, yeah, trust me, when you don't have it, you'll appreciate it. Yeah, we, and, yeah. When <laughs> when you and I worked together back at uh, UPMC, I mean that was a, an on-prem instance, so we weren't in the necessarily all in the cloud. But the the advantage of that is that we had a you know a rock star HRIS team that was able to kind of configure at that point in time to meet our needs. And uh, yeah, it, it worked well. It kind of came together well, and and so um, yeah, I mean, we'll loop back on the on the tech discussion for sure. So um, you yes. know, it, I'm in, I'm interested. I'm kind of interested in this um, you know kind of Salesforce piece. So what what are you using Salesforce for? Is it just candidate outreach, email? Like what what? Just talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, it really is candidate outreach, and it really becomes to those to those warm candidates that we're not interviewing today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also do something um, uh, every quarter right now. It's it's you know we'll talk about this also later. A national clinical hiring event, okay. um, you know, once a quarter, and really this is an opportunity for anybody to come into any one of our one of our facilities on the same day. We actually mm-hmm. have one coming up here on August tenth. So it's an open interview job day at every one of our buildings. Mm-hmm. We're seeing you know three to four thousand people who are interested in that day, but, but obviously not everyone shows up. So mm-hmm. this is where we're pouring those folks who are interested. They're registering. They're giving us their information, and we're sending. They're putting them in the CRM, and then we're marketing to them um, as much as we possibly can. Now, this national uh, clinical hiring event that's a, that's a physical. Like you're you're inviting them in house. This isn't a virtual event, or is it's it a both. mixture of both? Okay, it's a mixture of both. So you know, from from ten to eight, you know, and we're all over the country, so it's it's staggered across the country. You can, you know, we, we're really we're, we're focused on your RNs, case managers, RTs, LPNs, CNAs. Mm-hmm. But really, it, uh, it is an open interview day for all of our positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a virtual platform as well. And I would say we probably do 70 to 80% um, of the walk-in traffic virtually. Hmm. Um, it's still a very interesting and, 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 and um, focused uh, approach for folks to really s- to understand a little bit more before they get up, get dressed, and come into your location to, to really mm-hmm. get that. So uh, both parts have been, have been very, very well. Yeah. Um, just well. out of curiosity, what's what's the virtual platform that that, that, that you use for that? It's Homegrown, uh, okay. one, of, one of our media organizations that we we've partnered with for a very long time. Uh, Focus has, has nice. built one for us. It's it's so easy to use. It's 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 it's, it's a wonderful platform. Um, and what's great about it is, you know, us on the admin side, we can see everything at once, and we mm-hmm. we know where everything is at. And um, you know, the recruiters are usually the ones that are manning the stations there um, mm-hmm. as 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 we go through the event. Um, and then we have champions that are actually at our facilities every day uh, for the events that are, that are really sort of shepherding everyone. Um, so, is know, that a big logistical effort, you know, I guess, to pull an event like that off? It is enormous. It's absolutely <laughs> enormous to get, you know, everybody on the same page. How long does that have to go into the planning? So, like, for those listening that are saying, like, hey, yeah, I want to pull off a national event. We've got multi, multi-state um, uh, operation. You know, like, what, what goes into the planning of something like that? So this is our this is our eleventh one. Mm-hmm. So we're we're pretty we're pretty tight on this. Mm-hmm. So we're forty five days right now um, in the planning. Mm-hmm. So our, when, we, when I was talking about sort of our hub and spoke piece with Taleo and our marketing platforms, that is also with our partnership with our with our marketing team. Mm-hmm. 
So we have dedicated talent acquisition marketers mm-hmm. that partner with us. And we could not be successful without them as well. They, they are so in, in tune with what we're doing and how we're doing this. They really help us plan this out from, from start to finish. Now, are they are they on the TA team or are they in, they're in marketing? They're in marketing, but they're dedicated to talent mm-hmm. acquisition. So that's not outsourced. They understand the brand yeah. really well. They understand the mission. They understand how to maneuver the organization. And so um, that, that's interesting. And so you obviously have a really good relationship with them to pull something like this off. I mean, we're talking to them daily. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something I can't stress this enough. Um, on how important that partnership needs to be. And, and, and it's interesting because, you know, we're interviewing for some folks for that team now. Um, and we're actually finding some organizations have that same approach. Mm-hmm. And it, but, but it's not a lot. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's actually kind of rare. And I, you know, again, going, I'm thinking back to the UPMC days, Matt. We didn't, we, we kind of had that connection point, but it, mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't really a seamless partnership. And, yeah. you know, it should be because you're you're putting your brand out there every day and you're marketing that brand and what and who you are as as an organization from a talent acquisition lens yeah and they and and, it, and it's very specific toward that it's not the larger brand right so to be able to do that effectively you have to have the, the right people on that on the team yeah yeah it's it's interesting and so that you know at upmc right we we work to build you know some in-house you know marketing function out um, on the TA team, right? And, and um, you know, I think that that helped get some momentum in that space, start the conversation around employment brand. But, you know, to your point, like if you don't have the full-on power of the consumer marketing team behind you, um, you know, for spend, um, you know, for leveraging partnerships, um, it, it is an uphill climb. And so I think, you know, when you, when you think about an organization, your side, and especially if you're going through a rebrand, right? They've got this consumer rebrand over here, like, you know, who is this new organization? All right, I know exactly. is Kindred or local hospital one, <laughs> two, three. Uh, and then PS, um, you know, I need to get the consumer, the consumer's understanding. PS, I also need to get the employment um, side of the, the house, um, you know, understanding, you know, what the opportunities are and, and, and really what we stand for in the market. And so um, you're right. And, and um, you know, I think, uh, you know, inside of Trinity, at least for, for, for me, as I've been there for the last uh, couple of years, doing some different projects, some, some consulting and running some teams, really have worked hard to do the same thing, um, you know, and so um, that is a, a, a critical relationship. And it's exciting to see that they're kind of the tip of the spear of, uh, of an event like this. And I'm assuming they do a lot of your day-to-day uh, you know, placements as well, or does that go somewhere else? Do they help you out with, you know, yeah. things like your search engine optimization? Do they help you out with your, any of your job distribution, the other kind of day-to-day um, tactics of, of uh, you know, marketing? It's really a triad. It really is that team some folks that are dedicated to our resources on our TA team and mm-hmm. then our media our third party media buyer as well. Gotcha. So all three of us kind of working working together. And awesome. I will say, you know, the leader of that marketing team all is also she is also on the consumer side. Mm-hmm. So she sees both, which gives her an operational understanding to both, right? So mm-hmm. she provides some really good insight as she sees the things from the consumers consumer side, which we we don't get to see too. So it really does work itself out. Um, well, and, and again, like I said, we wouldn't be filling the roles we have now without that partnership. Yeah. So when is the event again? August 10th. August 10th. So, uh, you know, let's say I connect back with you on, uh, you know, uh, September 1st. Like, what, what was a good event for you? So, like, this event happens and, and pops off. Like, you know, when you sit back and look at the ROI of it, like, what, what are you hoping for out of the event? Um, about 1,200 attendees in total, both mm-hmm. in person, virtually. 
somewhere around 250 to 285 hires, hmm. 350, 400 offers. I mean, that's what we've been averaging right now. That's awesome. So it's a big momentum builder for you, I'm sure. In it, the it absolutely is. Yeah. It absolutely is. And, and, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's been consistent. And that's where, you know, there was a lot of concern and understanding sort of where everything has gone, um, understanding the mentality of, of candidates, um, you know, especially in some of these markets. We were concerned that it was going to see a decline. And, we, mm-hmm. and it stayed really consistent. And, and it really sort of it matches our strategy that candidates don't only want to have to apply online mm-hmm. or, or be driven online to see things, right? They want that interaction. Mm-hmm. And, and we see that success. You know, additionally to this, we have Talk To Me Tuesdays, walk, you know, walk-in Wednesdays at a lot of our buildings that mm-hmm. exist every week, mm-hmm. right? And so are we, are we, you know, is every single person that walks in a, an ideal unicorn candidate? No. Mm-hmm. But we've been hiring a lot of people from these these um, these events on a weekly basis because people want that interaction. They want that they want that connection piece. Even in this post you know post pandemic world or in the pandemic world that we live in, where there was a lot of fear there, people still want that connection. Yeah, yeah. I mean, recruitment right is uh, is always um, you know until you and I are replaced by robots, right? Uh, always about building relationships at some it level. Could like, be, it you, could be soon. <laughs> yeah, man. But right, it, it's and, and you're right. It could be soon. But uh, hopefully, I'm uh, long gone by the time that that uh, that happens. The um, you know the the reality though is that like you know still you you have to connect and engage with a human at some point in time in the process. And so I think what I'm hearing you say is like, hey, you know, one of our strategies, right, is to get up funnel, um, get in the community, get these events rolling, open up our doors and, uh, you know, really ensure that we're that we're creating some real authentic human connections um, right out the gates versus maybe downstream, like in the interview or even, you know, worse yet, you know, the first time we meet you is uh, day one onboarding or something like that. Yeah, and you know, you had asked, you know, from a process standpoint, what improvements we've made, and I will tell you, <clears throat> you know, we, we we pushed hard to really to 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 to, to increase the size of our team, mm-hmm. and we're actually we're still growing our team because we have got to minimize the amount of requisitions that recruiters have, so they can they can, they really can get that personal touch with both the buildings, the managers, and the candidates. And so, you know, we're working on that now on really trying to make that that happen and, and getting mm-hmm. aggressive with it. I mean, yeah. we're, we're going to we're, we're, we're really going to press down what the average workload is going to look like um, from our teams. And I, and I think that old school methodology on, you know, you know, the talent acquisition or recruiting is, is, is a cost center. Right. Do what you can with what you got. Mm-hmm. That mentality has drastically shifted. Mm-hmm. You have to have that personal touch to be able to get down to folks. We have to have time to be able to screen and source and effectively communicate. And that's so key for us in, in, in sort of what our approach is going to be for, yeah. for 2023. Now, do you have, um, like, as you've brought the team together, do you have a, um, you know, kind of a benchmark um, that you're aiming for, requisition per recruiter across the unit? Do you have a sense of, of what you're trying to do? And, and, you know, really, as you go work with the executives, the investment that you're trying to get back? Yeah, we're trying to get to that 95 range. We're trying to get mm-hmm. sub hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of averaging that 130, 140 range right now, which is just—it's just not possible. Even yeah. if you have, you know, even if it's same store, you know, a lot of positions, you know, it just—it just doesn't work. It really mm-hmm. doesn't work. And, and the, you know, and the, and the, and the, the talent acquisition professionals that we have on our team, you know, it, it, it just stresses them out to see such a huge workload. Yeah. So we need to reduce that. You know, we've got to help them with their stress level. 
you know, because it, it's, it's a stressful time. Yeah. You know, historically you would have, you know, if you, if you had, you know, four or five buildings, one of your buildings would be priority, right? That, that building that's always sort of the squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. Now, every single building is asking for that high touch. And in every single building, every single manager is asking for that high touch. So we've got to shift what we're doing to allow them to be able to do that. Yeah. So like <clears throat> I've got 125 recs. How many managers do I have? Do I have 30? Do I have like how many how many managers am I working to support? Yeah. And I think you know, that, and that's different in our divisions on the specialty mm-hmm. side. It's, it's much more reduced because mm-hmm. of the size of our hospitals. But again, these 20 uh, tertiary care, larger hospitals we're bringing on, it could be 70. Wow. It could be 60. Right. right. So that, that that whole dynamic has to shift as well as we, as we approach that. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember vividly, like, uh, you know, my, my time at UPMC before I got into, you know, leadership and management and running teams. Um, I could re- remember vividly when I would get up over like 75, 80 recs. Um, it seemed like things started to begin for at least me. And I wasn't the greatest recruiter ever, but start to break down a little bit, right? Where I just couldn't keep up with the inbound requests, you know, from managers for, not only support with recruitment, but you know, job changes and posting in the system and reposting and, and strategy, and then also be able to you know interview and engage talent. You know, so does does Kindred have uh, or, you know I guess um, you know the new organization does it have dedicated sourcing or are your recruiters expected to run basically a full desk? It's both. Um, mm-hmm. We do have dedicated sourcers. Um, but I think there is still an expectation that where you see fit, you should be sourcing yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sourcing team isn't big enough for, for, for what we probably need mm-hmm. um, from just a dedicated sourcing team perspective. So we do ask you know, for, for both pieces for, from the team. Yeah, I gotcha. So big event coming up. Um, yeah. We'll talk more about that here. Make sure everybody uh, you know, who's listening in has the information on that. Um, obviously, you know, bringing this team together um, you know, probably culturally other, you know, I would imagine that there's some, some level of distributed uh, workforce here. Um, you know, got your hands full as it relates to the new uh, brand. Um, what else is a focus here, you know, between now and the end of the year? I mean, do you have any major tech implementations? You talked to us a little bit about kind of bringing the platforms together. I'm just kind of curious what's on your roadmap here over the next three to six months. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you talked about sort of this team itself. I think, you know, the first thing we're going to do, first thing we're looking for at the, for the end of the year is we are having a talent summit. So mm-hmm. we're having a three-day event with our entire talent acquisition organization uh, that would be similar to, you know, maybe some operational meetings that happen through a lot of organizations, you know. But we approach it much differently than maybe your typical two-day sit there and just see a bunch of presentations in a, in a boardroom or a, Mm-hmm. You know, or, or a hall kind of a situation. So we, 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 bring out, we bring out both external and internal customers to us to do breakout sessions mm-hmm. for, for two days. Um, and you get to pick and choose what ones you go to. Sort nice. of like a, a, learning, a learning style, um, you know, very much like, like if, you're, if you're in school. Kind of feels like a want, conference almost. It feels, it feels exactly much like a conference. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to match both internal customers and what we're, what we're offering and then external customers, you know, platforms and partners we have, but then also, um, you know, new things that we're, we're trying to achieve. So, for example, you know, we're, we're talking about bringing in an expert to kind of talk through how are you approaching, um, you know, millennials and, and Generation X on, on how they communicate, mm-hmm. you know, things like that as we talk through that. And I think not only is that going to help our talent acquisition team, 
but it's also going to help um, some of our operators that are that are very interested in coming uh, to this summit. So yeah. it's, it's 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 exciting. You know, historically, we've also done um, a, a philanthropic piece to this, um, you know, sort of as a group, uh, mm-hmm. as, as a you know as a group building. You know, we're at the Houston Food Bank. We're we're at, we're at the uh, in Dallas. Uh, we went to uh, the Goodwill. Um, you know, we, we really kind of wanted to give back uh, to the community. So we will be in Nashville this year. Um, and so we're still looking at what that philanthropic idea is going to be for this event. But, you know, it, it's it's really bringing the team together, but also you know making sure that some information sticks yeah. about what's going on. Yeah. From, from the tech side of this, um, you know, we're, we're really going to be um, reinforcing our, our uh, Sense messaging platforms uh, that we have going on. I don't know if you ever worked with Sense. No, I never. I didn't ever. It, um, it's a it's a much more uh, AI based um, uh, text recruiting platform. Oh yeah, you and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just wonderful folks over there. Um, mm-hmm. This is not a commercial for sense messaging. <laughs> trust me. Um, it's all right. But yeah. they, they, they just, we're in the they trenches, just... man. We're trying we're trying to figure out what tools actually work here, right? Which don't which do and which don't. Yeah, you know the, the way it works with Taleo. You know how how it how it date stamps everything. It's just. And just the, the efficiency that we're seeing from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing, you know, returns on these communications like we've never seen before and hmm. how we're approaching it. And it's date stamp from a compliance standpoint, you know, which mm-hmm. is always, always in the back end of our mind. It's not sexy, right? But we got to make sure that we're doing it the right way. But mm-hmm. the way that they can use drip, drip marketing and AI marketing within this, and then how this, how this can also interact from our onboarding perspective, from mm-hmm. both our onboarding team and then also the, the facilities themselves. And how they can use this platform so we're effectively communicating with our candidates. I think, you know, you can come up with with the craziest ways of trying to get jobs in front of folks, mm-hmm. but really it's that it's that downstream effect from, you know, engage, inform, hire, onboard, and, and start people the right way. That's the most important. They want to know what's going on, yep. be informed, not be left in the dark, feel connected all the way through the process. And yep. I think that's 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 one thing we're we're hoping. As we rolled into a new Microsoft suite, this will really help us um, through for the end of the year. Yeah, you're really right. You know, and 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 I think the um, you know this idea of um, you know keeping folks connected through the entire funnel it, it's a challenge, right? And so you got a lot of different um, you know kind of stakeholders involved, whether it's the hiring manager or you know your onboarding specialist or the recruiter. But the reality is, is that initial relationship, right, is built with that recruiter, built with that sourcer, maybe even. And they, they kind of come to expect, um, you know, some access and, um, you know, um, you know, frankly, as you work your way through a process, just that, that um, you know, transparency, like you said. And, and if you don't deliver that, you know, you're basically dropping people into a black hole, even though you might be in love with them, they don't know that, right? And so I think, you know, how do you orchestrate exactly. that, you know, process such that, uh, you know, kind of matches what you're doing? And it's hard to do at scale, right? You have how many 5,000, 6,000 jobs open at any given point in time? You know, that's not just 5,000 to 6,000 relationships. That's 3x that, you know, that you're working, at, you know, at any any given point in time. So if you need somebody for, um, you know, your, uh, you know, Gen uh, or XY or whatever, I have this uh, 14-year-old daughter right now that is teaching me all about <laughs> Snapchat, right? And so I do not snap, but uh, that is all she does. And so it's just fascinating to me to see, uh, you know, kind of how, um, you know, the, the, the generations coming up behind us uh, are communicating definitely different, you know, using video, using pictures, right? 
um, you know, even using, you know, mediums like this, maybe not listening to the whole thing, but, but, but you know, getting their information from, you know, places that, uh, you know, you and I, when, when we were job searching and kind of coming online, we just, we just didn't have access to. But yeah, if you need a Snapchat or I'll, I'll send her your way, so. <laughs> well, the, I mean, so you talk about video, right? And I think another successful thing has been us, been with us was our partnership with, with, uh, with iSims. Mm-hmm. Um, iSims, so iSims is our video platform. And really, it's using whatever whatever phone you have to create video, um, and we use that in a lot of our social our socials. And so we've gone away from this whole hey, the marketing team comes in, sets up the lights, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like professional grade, yep. right? It, it, it serves up the question, you get the answer, it sounds professional, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not from the heart, mm-hmm. and and we're building these videos, you know, at the local level from their clinicians and the leaders to show who they are in these markets and why they should come work for us because of our mission and the patience that we have. Mm-hmm. And to see the outpouring of passion from these folks, you know, we're pretty scared to be on video themselves, right? It's, it's yeah, not, right. You know, not everyone right. likes to do this kind of stuff, right? Right. And to see that kind of piece come out and, and, and you know, in the one and a half minute videos that we have for our buildings, the response to that has been overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's probably from a connection piece, the biz, the biggest success that we have seen using these videos. So iSims again has been another another awesome partner for us. Yep. And you know we've we've taken it to a whole nother level of using using that um, throughout the throughout the system. Yeah, we've been working uh, at Trinity, you know, with a, you know an early stage company. I actually have uh, you know been uh, helping to consult them a little bit. Um, a company named Quickie, same same experience. Um, you know, we we're putting clinicians and and really i think like my my point of view is you know i i uh you know i want to engage with a recruiter right i'm I'm excited about the idea of talking to a recruiter but what what i really want to know is like if i'm going to work for ryan corbett what is ryan corbett like right and so i think unfortunately for a long time whether it's we've shielded the hiring managers or we we maybe haven't done a great job of drawing them in to the process um up funnel right um, so that, you know, people not only can experience what Ryan Corbett, you know, hey, Ryan's building this new team, he's got this new director opportunity, what is Ryan like? But, you know, maybe also I can self-select myself out, right? And so like, hey, if this culture, if this environment isn't right for me, um, you know, I'm not going to necessarily go through process. So I think uh, it's, and that's okay, right? That, that's fine from my perspective. But, you know, I think, um, you know, bringing, um, you know, putting somebody on video, um, and, and to your point, which I think is critical, right, um, is um, unedited, authentic, maybe with the ums and the uhs, maybe with a little bit of the nerves, <laughs> right? And, and hey, like, you right? know, you, you have that. That's, that's, that's being human, right? People love that. People want to see that. They want to, they um, you know, they, they want to engage with it. And so I think uh, that's, that's, uh, that's great to hear, so. Join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a NACR membership today. Free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at NACR.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. All right, we're at a half hour here rolling right along. You know, I guess uh, I got a, maybe just a few more questions unless there's okay. something, someplace you want to go uh, here. No. and. And uh, it's been a uh, it's been a it's been a great talk uh, here so far. So, 
you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, kind of where you're headed with the team culturally. You know, we've talked, uh, you know, a little bit about kind of what you're what you're doing, um, you know, technology wise, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, day in and day out. I guess, you know, kind of maybe last question in, in that, um, uh, you know, regard anything big uh, on the extended radar, right? You know, any big ATS, CRM changes, anything big that you're planning, or is this really just grinding it out in the trenches with the tools that you've got and optimizing them? Yeah, we, we didn't want to make huge drastic changes right now, knowing that we're, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of movement going on. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing on uh, our partner onto our systems and then now this new acquisition, it just didn't make sense for us mm-hmm. to make these drastic changes. I think the evaluation for 24 and 25 will probably be, you know, kind of look at this again to see what yeah. makes the most sense. Um, I, I think that the biggest the biggest opportunity for us um, it is really going to be to leverage what this new organization looks like in total, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because it's different service lines. Um, it's not the same piece. And trying to get people to understand who Scion Health is going to be, because mm-hmm. that name recognition isn't—it just isn't there yet. But it will be in twenty-three as we really put it out there. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So, um, you know, here's—I uh, uh, guess here's a, uh, a question that uh, I've been kind of pondering, and and I plan to, you know, uh, ask uh, each guest. So I'll try it out with you just uh, for uh, uh, for posterity's sake. So, um, you know, if you were to go rogue today. Right. So like, let's say, hey, the, the the handcuffs are off of Ryan. I'm going rogue. Right. And do something inside of the organization that might be unconventional or maybe even controversial. But deep down, you knew that if you did this thing, um, you would make a huge difference in your team's outcomes. You'd make a huge difference in, uh, you know, the organizational uh, position in, inside of the market. Is there anything like that that comes to your mind? Yeah. I'd hire 30, 30 more recruiters. Capacity. It's capacity. I mean, it's, yeah. it's capacity, Matt. I mean, you know, the, you know and I, I think the idea of what a recruiter does is so different depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. And it's capacity. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you know, multiple, you know, folks carrying multiple responsibilities. And whether mm-hmm. that's at a healthcare organization or a non-healthcare organization, right? Whether you have, you know, in one company, you have three departments or six departments, right? Mm-hmm. Your ability to satisfy and really be, give the customer service that you need to them um, doesn't work, mm-hmm. especially in what is being asked today. So capacity is 100% what I would want to do. I mean, yeah. absolutely make that drastic change. And, you know, just from a dollar's perspective, that's not possible. Yeah. But maybe it is in the future to really yep. kind of get to where we need to be. Yeah. You know, one building per recruiter. Can you imagine that? Right. Right. Two, two buildings, you know? So, so things like that, I think is what the, the drastic, um, the drastic piece would be on that. Yeah. And it, it's an uphill battle, you know, inside of uh, Trinity, we're, we're very lucky. Um, and, and we're very lucky that we have, um, an interim head of talent acquisition, uh, uh, David Zari, and he built a he built a company by the name of uh, Lean Human Capital, which was uh, bought by Healthcare Source. Um, you see out on LinkedIn the RACR uh, R A C R um, acronym. Um, he built that you know training from the ground up, and so he's been our interim head of talent acquisition. And one of the things that he's done, um, I think, an amazing job um, at Trinity. And this this wasn't uh, something that I had at UPMC. And and frankly. 
um, it was a it was a miss for me at UPMC. You know, when I was uh, you know head of talent acquisition there, he has a demand model, um, and he really has spent. He's been there for the last um, two years, um, and, and he's transitioning his time um, now back into kind of the, the private sector. But he has built this demand model that really has the, the CHROs uh, and, and the more importantly, maybe the operational leaders, the COOs and the CFOs buying off on um, demand versus capacity. And so literally, we're just working on this for a region uh, inside of Trinity here uh, the other day. You know, we, we put these inputs in, you know. Um, turnover, uh, new growth, um, active re- you know requisition count, et cetera, et cetera. And then this model runs and and basically um, you know produces the capacity that you need to create the fills um, that are the, basically the business is saying it's demanding. And so then the the beauty of that, at least from my perspective, uh, and and if I were to you know go back into another VP um, seat uh, again, I would I would absolutely be um, you know kind of trying to figure out how to bring this into my uh, organization, is that you can sit down and have a um, uh, you know basically a mathematically driven uh, conversation uh, about like hey listen you know the average recruiter here is going to produce X do we agree with that annually yeah, 250 you know they're going to fill 250 requisitions you get a recruiter filling 300 or 400 you may be burning them out right and so you can kind of have those logical conversations and get the business agreeing to you know kind of what the um, you know the actual effort is and then uh, then you're just negotiating FTEs and so uh, you know I think he's done a, a great job of um, number one, um, you know, kind of with the evangelical message of having recruiters kind of at that, you know, 55, 60 range, getting recruiters then probably averaging right now um, in a very, very tough market, you know, maybe in that 70 to 80 range uh, is a reality for Trinity. But, you know, I, I do, um, I hear that time and time again. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I really worry about, um, you know, when, when I think about, you know, the capacity conversation is just, um, you know, turning over great people. I mean, it is hard to onboard a new great recruiter. That takes time. You're kidding. <clears throat> 60, You're 90 kidding. days, right? 60, 90 days. The level of complexity in healthcare recruitment, uh, I don't know that everybody uh, understands that. Um, you know, you have, you have compliance level uh, responsibilities that most like tech doesn't have, right? Sales doesn't have that, right? So they can make a nice hot mess behind them versus <laughs> in, in healthcare recruitment, you can't make that mess, right? You have the OSCCP watching you, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, a lot of reporting requirements. And so just in a, in a highly regulated industry, I agree with you. I don't think people understand what goes into a actual recruiter's full desk day in and day out. It... <laughs> It's the, the, that compliance and admin stuff is the biggest area of development or issue that my team has, and and, and they're they're constantly asking me and, and my leadership team, how can you improve that for us, mm-hmm. right? And that and that's and that's our that's the biggest thing we've been trying to trying to help with is making those things easier as much as we possibly can. Even mm-hmm. at UPMC when we had recruiter coordinators, right? Mm-hmm. There was still there were still things we needed to do as recruiters. From the back end compliance and paperwork perspective that had to be done yeah. and that takes you away from recruiting yep and and that's sort of and i think that that's kind of what i was getting at is that we've got to ensure that our, our operators understand what is part of the role because in their mind it's just 
you're calling people and you're talking to people and you're sending them in for interviews. That's no, that's that's thirty percent of what forty percent right, of what right, they're doing right, right, right now, right. right? And and I think, um, I think that, that that's an opportunity for us to be transparent in what goes on there. And I do think that's why healthcare recruitment is different than than other recruitment because of those those pieces. Yeah. Um, and I, and again, I think, you know, it's part of what we audit. You know, our audit function monthly to ensure we're, we're, we're doing that is so intense. Yeah. Um, so, and we've been, I was actually, just thinking about uh, the old school random desk audits that I would do at UPMC. And uh, I remember we do like the file audits and, and uh, I was like, hey, like, let's, uh, let me look at a couple of requisitions. Oh, man, that was a mess. So, my bad on I mean, that. I mean, so. I mean, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it made sense why we did it. Yeah. Because right? Right. we had, we had a paper folder along yep. with the electronic folder. Right. You know, and me, uh, <laughs> good times, <laughs> that's the, right? That's the, but we've actually, so, you know, we incentivize on what your performance is for the audit too. So we want, we want them not only to think about who they're filling, how many positions they're filling, et cetera. We have a kicker to our, to our bonus program that is based on the performance on your audit function. Yeah. And we're so critical, like right, man? Like we hire somebody that impacts yeah. patient care. Right. I mean, like, think about that. Right. Like we hire somebody, we let somebody slide through that that didn't check all the boxes of the known data that we had access to. You know, that, that's that's critical. And so I, I, I love to hear that that's part of your uh, your bonus program. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, you know, and it just it keeps it fresh in mind. And again, it, it wasn't always like that. It took us a while to absolutely build that. Yeah. Um, but, but, but it made a lot of sense. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time here today. So um, a couple of things here wrapping up. Um, if I want to come work for Ryan Corbett, uh, how do I engage with Ryan? How do I learn more about the team as I grow it out? How do I, how do I find you on the, uh, on the web? Yeah, you know, again, I, I'm, my, my, uh, my LinkedIn page is pretty prominent there, Ryan Corbett um, on LinkedIn on Utter Scion Health. My email address, ryan.corbett at kindred.com, although that will be changing to scionhealthcare.com um, over the next uh, next few months here. And then as we talked about, you know, on the August 10th event, kindredhiringevents.com is really the best place to go right now to drive uh, your interest level in that event. Nice, nice. Well, hey, Ryan, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Enjoyed yeah. the conversation. We'll have to do this again. So as, uh, as uh, things evolve here, uh, I'm certainly interested in your career and the growth that, that's happening there. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, don't hesitate to reach out. So thanks again and uh, uh, be well, my friend. All right. We want to thank you for listening to TA in the Trenches. We are produced by Iron Mike and his team at Ironbound Media. Keep up the great work, team. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn where you'll find quick show riffs. Feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now.